the best of all, God is with us. Those were the final words of the great Christian leader, John Wesley. The best of all, God is with us. As he drew his final breath, he was thinking of the presence of God. And as you and I go through this Christmas season, I want us to think about the presence of God. As a matter of fact, the title of the sermon today is Christmas Presence. But notice the spelling of the word presence. It's not P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S. Those are the kind of presents we think about the most this time of year. Buying and giving and receiving. And all that's great and wonderful. But there's a more important presence I want you to think about today. P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. The presence of God. Which is ultimately what Christmas is all about. So keeping that in mind, I want you to turn with me to the Gospel according to Matthew. The Gospel according to Matthew will be in Matthew chapter 1. We will begin reading in verse 18. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. And I want to ask you today, if you are physically able to please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word. The Bible says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name, what? Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Verse 23, Behold, The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray together this morning. Father, we come to you today in the name of Jesus. And we are so grateful, Lord, for this privilege of gathering together, singing these wonderful songs about Emmanuel, God with us. Now, Lord, by your Spirit, would you draw near to us and help us to understand what it means when we call Jesus Emmanuel. Lord, help us to think, clearly and carefully about the implications of Emmanuel in our lives. Lord, would you you change us today for the honor and glory of your great name? Lord, I ask that you would establish my steps in your word today, and we ask and pray all of this in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. In Matthew's account of the life and ministry of Jesus, he begins by reminding us of the birth of Jesus Christ, the situations and circumstances surrounding the birth of Jesus Christ. And he gives us some insight into a conversation between Joseph and an angel. Joseph knew that his fiance was pregnant, and he knew the baby wasn't from him. He had not known her in that way. He didn't know what to do. Should he put her away, not go through with the marriage, through with the betrothal? He was thinking through these things, and an angel of God appears and says, Listen, the baby in Mary's womb is, is not natural. It's supernatural. The baby in her womb was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And the angel wants Joseph to understand the nature of this baby in her womb. And so he tells Joseph what to name this baby when Mary has him. Jesus, which means God saves. He says, name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. But then the angel reminds Joseph of a prophecy from the book of Isaiah. And in that prophecy... The baby in Mary's womb is given a title, the title Emmanuel. And so that we understand exactly what Emmanuel means, it's translated there in verse 23, God with us. Now what I want to do is I want to think about Christmas presents with you today. About the presence of God, about God with us. And I've got three points, but each point is the same sentence. Very simply, God with us. But each point is going to emphasize a different part of the sentence. So point number one, I want to emphasize God. God with us. God with us. This this idea speaks of His divinity. Emmanuel speaks of His divinity. Some people ask, well, who is Jesus Christ? Listen, Jesus is God. Because did you notice that the title Emmanuel is applied to the, to the child in Mary's womb? It says there, you'll name his name Jesus, verse 21. Then in verse 23 it says that his name shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. So the baby in Mary's womb is called Emmanuel. So Jesus is God with us. Jesus Christ is Divine. Jesus Christ is not just another religious leader, not just another moral teacher. Jesus Christ is God. And there are some implications uh, concerning that reality. First of all, Jesus is eternal. If, If he's God, he is eternal. That means that Jesus Christ did not begin to exist when he was born of the Virgin Mary. As a matter of fact, he existed before that. As a matter of fact, he existed before the universe ever came into existence by the Word of God. Jesus Christ has always existed. The Bible teaches that there is one God in essence and nature, existing in three co-equal and co-eternal persons, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And Jesus Christ has always existed. The, the birth of Jesus to Mary was simply Jesus Christ leaving heaven and coming to earth. 
But Jesus is God. He's eternal. And that's important to understand. But also, Jesus is infinite. Jesus is infinite. That means that you can place no limits on the nature, the character of Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ is God. And you say, wait, why does that matter? That we talk about the infinity of Jesus Christ, that Jesus has no end or no beginning. What's the big deal? Well, here's the big deal, and it's bad news. You see, all of us have sinned against a holy God. Do you know that? Every one of us in this room have done things God's told us not to do, right? Can I get amen on that? And all of us have not done some things God's told us to do, right? Amen on that? All of us have sinned. And here's the deal. God is infinitely holy. That means His holiness knows no boundaries. So, when we sin against an infinitely holy God, you know what we deserve? We deserve infinite punishment. That's why hell never ends. The Bible speaks of hell as being a place of eternal destruction. It goes on and on and on. Why? Because we've sinned against an infinitely holy God and we'll never pay that debt fully. That's why hell never ends. Now that's really bad news, but here's the good news. God made a way for you to be forgiven of that infinite sin debt. And the only way you and I could be forgiven of that infinite sin debt is if one who is infinite himself could come to earth and pay that debt for us. That's why it's so important to understand that Jesus Christ is God. He is divine. He is eternal and he is infinite. So when Jesus Christ went to the cross of his own volition and he took all of our sins on himself, and he died to to pay the punishment that you and I deserve, he was paying an infinite price because he was infinite in his character and his nature. Let me illustrate it like this. If you owed someone a million-dollar debt and you could not pay it, and you had to have somebody pay it for you, you would need a millionaire to come along, right? Only a millionaire could pay off a million-dollar debt. And only one who is infinite himself, God, could come and pay an infinite sin debt against the holiness of God. And so we see here that Emmanuel, God, with us, is applied to Jesus. Jesus Christ is God. And because he's God, he could pay it all on the cross. And that's really good news. But there's a second aspect of Emmanuel I want you to see. We've talked about God with us. But secondly, I want you to see God with us. I want to focus on that preposition with. It says it there in verse 23. Emmanuel translated means God with us. This preposition, this this. This aspect of Emmanuel speaks of his incarnation. His incarnation. The preposition is the word meta, and it carries with it the implication of being in the company or in the midst of. Here's how the Apostle John said it in John chapter 1, verse 14. He's speaking of the eternal word 
that existed before the creation of the heavens and the earth. And it says the Word, speaking of Jesus, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. With. That's what Emmanuel means. God with us. It speaks of the incarnation. Him taking on human flesh so he could live among humanity. Now there are some important implications of the incarnation. The fact that Jesus Christ, God himself, took on human flesh. First of all, this means that Jesus can sympathize with our weakness. Look over with me in Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, the writer of Hebrews makes this connection. I love this passage. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know what that verse tell, those verses tell us? They tell us that when you have an issue in this life, when you have a problem, you ought to go to Jesus. And the reason you ought to go to Jesus is because Jesus gets it. Jesus understands. You know, how, you know why Jesus understands? Because Jesus Christ took on human flesh. He experienced the weakness and the frailty of humanity. He experienced the problems and, and the pain that come from living in a world that's been cursed by sin. He experienced mourning over the loss of loved ones. He experienced temptation to sin, just like you and I do. Yet Jesus was perfect. He never sinned. But Jesus understands what it's like to be human. The Bible says he sympathizes with our weaknesses. Why? Because he came to be with us. Can I say it to you like this? No one has ever cared for you like Jesus. He knows what you're going through. He knows what it's like to go through what you're going through. And he flat cares about you as you go through it. He gets it. He understands what it's like to live in the frailty of humanity. He can, he can sympathize with our weakness, but also because Jesus came to be with us, this means that we can see what God is like. We can see what God is like over in John chapter 1. After he has said that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, he gives us a, a very important detail of the incarnation. He says in John chapter 1, verse 18, No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He, Jesus, the incarnate Son of God, He has made Him known. Do you know what that verse means? It means that if you want to know what God is like, all you've got to do is look at Jesus. That word there, made him known, is the word for explains or exegetes. God explains the character and nature of God. So you might be thinking there about, about, the, about God and say, well, is God good? Was Jesus good? All he did when he was on this earth was help people, right? 
He healed the blind and the lame and the deaf and the sick. He raised people from the dead. He taught and he cared and he comforted. Is God good? Jesus explains the nature of God. Yes, God is good. Is God powerful? Well, look at Jesus. Jesus walked on water. And if you think that's not a big deal, try it. Is God powerful? Yes. Jesus explains the nature of God. Yes, God is powerful. We see it in the life, in the ministry of the incarnate Christ. We could go on and on and on. But if you want to know what God's like, the God that created this universe, the God that created you and created me, just read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you will see this vivid, living picture of what God is like because Jesus was God in the flesh. He's explained the unseen God. But there's another implication to God with us, with us, this, this phrase means that Jesus can be our substitute. And this is what's most important. I've given you a verse reference there, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, where it says, He himself, Jesus, bore our sins in his body. He took on humanity. He bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. This speaks of the reason... The ultimate reason that Jesus Christ took on human flesh. He took on human flesh so he could go to the cross and die for a bunch of humans like us. You know, God's just, right? Perfectly just. And for justice to be carried out, a human had to die for humans. Now, there had to be one who's infinite that could pay the infinite debt. That's God. But this one who would die would also have to be fully human for justice to be served, for him to die for our sins. That's why it's so important that Jesus Christ became human. That he robed himself in flesh so he could go and bear our sins in his body on the tree. That's a big deal. Jesus Christ came for that purpose. Think about it like this. Jesus Christ was born under the shadow of the cross. That's why he took on humanity. I read a story in September from Headline News about the death of a married couple, Dave and Corrine Moulter. They were married... 60 years, and they were found dead lying side by side. Investigators looked at the scene, and investigators think that Dave was giving Corrine CPR when he collapsed next to her. You know what the headline of that article was, and the headline captured my heart? The headline was this, Husband gives... Last breath to wife. Husband gives last breath to wife. Do you know why Jesus Christ came and took on humanity? So he could die for our sins. 
As a matter of fact, over in Luke 23, it says that Jesus cried out, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And then it says he breathed his last. Jesus Christ gave his last breath for you and for me. And you say, wait, why would he do that? Because he loves you. That's why he did it. That's why he gave his last breath. That's why he died on the cross. Because he loves you. And so we see that God came to be with, with us. But there's a third part of the phrase, the sentence I want you to see as we think about Emmanuel, God with us. I want you to think about God with us. Who does the us refer to? What are we to to think when we read the word us? Well, look back with me in Matthew 1, verse 23. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. This, This title, Emmanuel, speaks here of God's grace. When you think of us, you need to think of God's grace. Because we need to answer this question. Who does us refer to? Well, look what it says there in verse 21. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The us refers to people that have been saved by Jesus. Us refers to all undeserving sinners who embrace Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you want to be part of the us, if you want to know if God is with you, You know that by embracing Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. There's no other way to experience a relationship with God other than through Jesus Christ. Jesus said it like this in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if you want the presence of God in your life, you got to come to Jesus and follow him as your Lord and Savior. And then you can be part of the us. You know that when you say God with us, you're part of that because you know Christ. Now this includes Jews. Verse 21, it says, He will save His people from their sins. This probably is a reference to the Jewish people. God formed a nation, the nation of Israel, and through the the nation of Israel sent a Messiah, Jesus Christ. And Jesus came first to the Jews. He was born in Bethlehem, lived in Nazareth, spent time in Galilee and Capernaum and Judea and Jerusalem. He was with his people first, the ones who should have known this is the Messiah. But most of them missed missed that fact. They turned their back on him and did not follow him as the Messiah sent from God. But Jesus Christ came to the Jews first. He appeared to them first as he took on human flesh. But the us not only refers to Jews, it refers to Gentiles. Look what it says there in verse 23. They shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, it's interesting to note that the the title Emmanuel is a Hebrew word. Why in the world would Matthew add this little phrase that's not in Isaiah's prophecy, Isaiah 7.14? Why does he add the phrase, which means God with us? Why does he take a Hebrew word, Emmanuel, and translate it into Greek? Reason? So Greeks could understand it. So non-Jews could understand that Jesus was for them too. 
So Jesus Christ is for Jews that embrace him as Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ is for Gentiles that embrace him as Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ is for anyone that knows him as their Savior. And if you know him as your Savior, you can say, I'm part of the us. God is with me. Undeserving as I am, God is with me. Now this means, you're part of the us, this means that we experience a personal relationship with God. Now think about that. When we become followers of Christ, for me that happened when I was nine years old, when I began to follow Christ, when I was born again, when I was converted. When that happens, you are forgiven of your sins, your sins are washed away, you're given the hope and promise of heaven. You know that when you face death here in this life, you go into eternity in the presence of God and you'll be there forever and ever and ever. And that is awesome. But listen to me, when you are saved, when you are converted, when you are born again, the best thing about that is you get God. You get a relationship with the living God. And that's what's so great about being saved, right? You get God. So you can say, God with us. I know God in a personal way. I walk with Him and I talk with Him. I have a relationship with God. But also this idea of us knowing that God is with us means that we will never face life alone. Listen to me. When God comes to you to be with you, He has said He will never leave you nor forsake you. He'll be with you always, even unto the end of the age. So when you say, Emmanuel, God is with us, God is with me, you know that His presence will be with you through everything that you will encounter here in this life. Hard times, if you know Jesus, God is with you. Difficulty, God is with you. Crisis, God is with you. Uncertainty, God is is with you. Fear. God is with you. Anxiety. God is with you. Trials. God is with you. And when you can't take another step in this life, God will carry you. Because God is with you. Amen? That is the the reality of those that can say, God with us. We will never face life alone. Last month I read about a U.S. Airways flight out of Connecticut. And something interesting happened on this flight. A woman boarded the plane with a 40 to 50 pound pig. True story. She had the pig on a leash. And they quoted in the article that I read uh, a college professor that was sitting there and he had a seat beside him and he saw this woman get on the plane and she thought she had a uh, duffel bag 
under her arm. But it wasn't a duffel bag, it was a pig. And she came and she hooked the, the leash to the chair and she was kind of getting her stuff settled. And, and the man realized that she's about to sit by me with this pig. And the pig begins to kind of get unruly, begins to kind of make some noise. And people realize there's a pig on the flight. And before you know it, there's some commotion and uh, some representatives from the airline board the flight. And they tell the lady she's got to leave the flight and take her pig with her. So she walks off the plane. Now, here's what's interesting about that story. They quoted a U.S. Airways spokesperson that said this. said that this pig was an emotional support animal for that lady. So she had this pig to give her emotional support. I'm not making fun at all. I really am not because animals, you know, animals can be good companions and all of that. But can I tell you this? I've got something much better to offer you than a pig for emotional support, for life support, for help in this life. I can offer you the unfailing presence of the living God. Does it get any better than that? He will support you. He will help you. He will be your God. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. God with us. And so, we will never face life alone if we know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Here's the point of it all. This is in your notes. Jesus Christ came to be with us to save us so we could experience an eternal relationship with God. Jesus Christ came to be with us to save us so we could experience an eternal relationship with God. And so I say along with John Wesley, the best of all is God is with us. The thing that matters most is that through Jesus Christ, God is with us.